Say, let's give it up for Alberto Antonio Escalante. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? Oh, oh, that's oh, thanks, buddy. I'm I'm actually really thrilled to be here. It's it really is an honor to get to be a part of this uh, new beginning series. And part of what um, I'm really honored to talk about is to talk about something that has really drastically impact my, impacted my life in a really profound way. And so, in the book of Acts, it talks about five things that help us to put God first, and all of which are important. So it talks about prayer the Bible, fellowshipping, like what we're doing right now, uh, sharing faith and giving of our finances. And the thing is, they're, they're all important. And, I, and I've seen it when, when people put God first in all of these areas, it, it makes a direct impact in their lives. And it helps relationships, it helps career, it, it makes all areas of life better. You know, and, I've, and for me, for myself, I've seen it where I've had just a lot of peace in these areas because I've actually done these five things. So, um, so the thing is, I'm going to talk about two of them. Um, I'm going to talk about putting God first in the Word, so in the Bible, and prayer, and how it affects all other areas of life. Um, but make no mistakes, the other ones are important as well because some of them have to do with giving, and you can't really put God first without giving. So, so here we go. So there are many things that can take priority in our lives that may not necessarily be helping us to make movement toward our relationship with God. So, and so what can happen is that we can get caught up in really the busy work of life. So in these, in these two areas, uh, the word and prayer, like I feel as though it's given me a chance to have new beginnings. And the reason I think that it's a big deal to put God first and to make God the priority is because if God isn't the priority, and anything can become our God quote-unquote. That can be feelings. That can be circumstances. People can take over. And that can prevent any kind of forward movement. So the beautiful truth is that God wants us to press forward. I believe that God is emphatic that he wants to bless our lives. So, and the, the thing is, is that all things can come to a place. They can all come into place when we're putting God first. It's a promise of God. So it's a new year, and you know, we're looking at new beginnings. So you want to think about, just think about your career, relationships, and areas that you want to work better than last year. You know, I, I definitely had points where I really wrestled with this, and, you know, I really looked to my own devices to make myself happy. And, but the main reason I think that I wrestled a lot with, with God, and His truth, it's because I, I honestly thought that if I put God first and His truth first, that it would somehow interfere with my life as well as my routine. So in that, if I pursued God, it would leave much less time for all of my other endeavors. And it's, honestly guys, it, I kid you not, it really is counterintuitive. Um, because I really used to think that, that, you know, if I put God first, it's like, you know, it's like, well, I would say, I would rationalize with myself saying, you know, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read the word. But in putting God first, it means a couple of things. In putting God first, it means that you make God's agenda your agenda. You make God's will your will. And you care about what God cares about. And moreover, whatever you want God to bless, you're putting him first in that area. So if you want to follow along with me, 
I'm looking at Psalms 1, 1. I'm going to go from 1 to 3. So I'm going to start off here in 1 where it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit into its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. There's a lot going on in this verse. So, but what it, what's it talking about? There, there are two paths that it's talking about in this verse. One path, it's talking about walking with God, and then the other one, it's talking about walking, with, with, walking without God. So let's go back and we'll take a look at it. If you, um, I'm going to start back in one where it says, Bless is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So in this context, it's talking about the wisdom of the world. So, you know, what are you feeding off of? Where are you getting your counsel from? And then the next piece is, nor stands in the path of sinners. So that's people who aren't walking with God. And then the next part of this is, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Scornful is not really a word we use every day. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty strong word, but basically what it means is that it's talking about bitterness and unbelief, people who have, who carry that. And so the next pa- part of this is that it's talking about, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit into its season. So what it's saying is that with God's word, if you think about it and delight in it, you'll do great. And I've, I've seen it from my life where I don't get dry, I don't get burnt out, and I don't get tired. But it's talking about delight in the law of the Lord. So for you guys, just, just think about it. What, what would it look like to have delight in the law of the Lord? You know, and, um, you know, part of this, it goes along with the renewed mind in that you're, you're meditating on it day and night. And so, uh, so part of it is that there's another component to this where it's talking about uh, that brings forth fruit into its season. We don't really use that too much in the context of like things that happen to us, but what it's talking about is fruit is the positive result of what's being done. So, and so the thing is, is that fruit doesn't come right away, but it's basically what, it's a result of what you're feeding on. And it's like in life, you know, if you have just a regular plant, you're giving it water, you're giving it sunshine, you're not gonna get your sunflower right away. You know, and what this is saying is that we'll be like a tree planted by water if we're in God's word, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. And so what it's saying is that one of the ways to seek God is through the word because you don't get dry. And part of it is like I've talked to people where you really do feel a difference if you're not praying, if you're not coming to church. I feel it as well, you know, hence the reason I make the, the drive from Vallejo. So, but, uh, but the thing is, is that um, for me, I've seen it play out for myself, which is um, I, did, I did an ambassador program about two years ago. And I honestly thought like that making time for God would take away from everything else because to give you a little bit of context for this, you're doing 10 hours of sharing faith. That's on top of what you're already doing in, in, your, in your daily life. You know, there's, there's readings that you're doing five days a week. So it's, uh, it's structured. And for me, I was driving down, you know, 
to give you some context, I would drive from San Rafael to, at the time, it was Los Gatos. And services were on Wednesday, so I'm fighting about two and a half hour traffic just to get here. And so sometimes I would make that twice or even three times a week. But the difference is that I found that I wasn't, I wasn't burning out. I was really sustained through the whole thing. And so, so what it's saying in this verse, if we're going back to it, is how do you get everything you do to prosper? It's not getting advice from the world. You know, there's a variety of ways that we, we can get that. There's Facebook, there's reality TV, there's YouTube, all that stuff. And so, but it's delighting in the word. And so God says that whatever you do shall prosper. And that's anything. It's really counterintuitive. And it says anything you do will prosper. So when we think about prosperity, I think a lot of times we're really thinking about finances. So at least that's where I go to. But God isn't talking about prosperity in one area. He's talking about all areas. He's talking about career, relationships, and just life. It's, it's having a new beginning in all areas. Those areas will prosper when you put God's word first. It's a promise. You know, and it says here that, it says that a tree planted by a river has a constant source of water. So with that, it's the best spot to be planted. You know, and part of what Danny talked about was, you know, being planted in fellowship. So I'm going to talk about the two, some of the other ways that you can be planted in God because um, part of what it's saying here is that environment is everything. So, I, I mean, if we're going back to the verse again, it's like the counsel of the ungodly. It's like, you know, there's, I've met some people that have given me some really horrible advice. And, um, you know, I, I kid you not. I mean, I, I can write an anthology on it. But, um, you know, what it's saying is that one path, you're, you're getting burned out, you're drying out. And the other path is the one where God fuels you. So if you meditate on the word, everything you do will prosper. All things come into place. It's a promise of God. So we're here for new beginnings, not just financial, but prospering in all areas because this changes everything. The way in which you relate to career, relationships, and really life in the long run. So it, it's the fuel and it's life-giving. So, so just take a moment to think about you know, what, what that would look like for you. Do you, you know, are there areas in your life that you would like to prosper? You know, think about, you know, what you want to do different this year. You know, are there, are there areas of your life that are prospering, that are not prospering, that you would like to prosper? So one of the ways that we can put God first is in the Bible and his word, which takes me to uh, Psalm 138, verse 2 where it reads, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and truth, for you have magnified your word above all your name. There's a lot that it's talking about here, and when you think about it, what's really bigger than the name of God? Like, I can't really fathom that. And so in this, in this sense, God's putting so much emphasis on the word because one of the ways that we know who he is is through his word. We learn about who he is and also about his nature. And so I want to take you to a moment just to, just to think about, you know, just think about how much time you're spending on other things. You know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube. Um, I'm going to throw in reality TV and also Instagram. Um, 
You know, the word says is that if we're more in the word, we're not dry. Most of you guys know that I'm, I also do like landscape photography, but, and I, and I love editing stuff as well, but truthfully, like when I post it, it's not like it leaves me replenished or anything. I really don't get replenished from Facebook. So, I mean, that's just the truth. I really don't. So, um, but in this sense, God is magnifying his word above his own name because coming closer to God, to God personally through the word is of a higher value. So if we're going to flip back a little bit into Psalm uh, 119.94, it reads, I am yours. Save me, for I have sought out your precepts. There's even a lot going on in this verse, guys. It says, I have sought out your precepts. Sought out is actually very different from saying, I just cracked it open and I read it. There's, uh, there's kind of an aggressive quality about this. It's like, it's a looking and a longing of God's word. I am yours. That's, that's what it says. I am yours. Part of, part of the word is remembering that you belong to God. It's part of the reason why it's refreshing because we do belong to God. We're, we're not of our own. So we, we don't want to lose sight of that because what it, what it does say is that the word, uh, scripture says that we were bought at a price. And, um, you know, I think about, like, you know, I think about things that I've, that I've done just in my, in my relationships. I, you know, I, I used to describe my exes as, like, the horrible people, but I think about the role that I had to play in it. And, um, you know, it's still saying that despite all of the things that I've done, I was still bought at a price. And it just, it just helps me to get the magnitude of God's love. And so... So why is scripture necessary? If we look at uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, here's what we read. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm going to break down a couple of things that it's talking about. There's a variety of things in here. I'm going to go back to 16 where it reads, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Well, why is that important? It's because it's, because it's not the will of man. It's, it's God breathed and is profitable for doctrine. So how to believe rightly for reproof? It's, what that means is that it's when we know when we're off track, followed up by for correction. So how we know to get back on track. And then the last piece of this, well, the two last pieces, uh, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete. And complete in this sense, it means you're, you're lacking nothing. Thoroughly equipped for every good work, and that's really for doing anything well. Because it, it helps with what we believe and also how to believe rightly. So to give you a little context of this, I think a lot of times we tend to believe lies about ourselves. You know, and, and the reality is that, you know, God's word can give the deposit for really any situation. And because something remarkable happens when, when you're seeking out the word and you're reading it and to understand it and let it kind of live for you is it, it, gives, it gives us the chance to see how God sees the world, but also how he sees us. So, and, and in saying that, it can help us to define reality and, and really help, and help humble us. It's kind of going back to the whole idea of profitable for doctrine, which is how to believe rightly. 
And for me, it's actually helped me out tremendously in the area of specifically harsh voices. Um, I, say it'll, I say all these harsh voices to myself when it comes to my acting career. I would say things like, you know, um, you know that I'm not a good actor, that uh, you know, this is really not a look, I'm not a model, so I'm not gonna make it at all as an actor. Those are things that I would say, that's the noise that I have coming up in my head because what it's allowed me to do is, allow, is given me scripture to interrupt that harsh self-talk really with what the truth of what it says because really that's where the spiritual battle begins most of the time is in your mind you know and and think about it like even even Jesus put God first and so let's take a look um, at John 519 and here we read then Jesus answered and said to them most assuredly I say to you the son of God can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son does, the son also does in like manner. So Jesus is saying that without God, he can do nothing. It's it's acknowledging that God is actively working, you know. And and Jesus was so immersed in the Word, he used it to, when we, when he was tempted, you know, um, when he was out in the desert. Everything that he told Satan was, you know, it is written. It is written. Satan was like, well, turn these stones into bread. It was like, well, it is written. It's, it's life-giving. It's, it's how we actually can battle things like harsh self-talk. But when I, I remember when I read this verse, I, what stood out to me was, you know, that even, even Jesus, with all of his wisdom, he relied heavily on the Father. And then when I looked at myself in comparison, I was like, well, I'm, I'm kind of a lone ranger. You know, and because no matter how much he knew, no matter how much Jesus knew, he was still pursuing that closeness with God. Which, which brings me to the next thing that I want to talk about and how we can put God first, and that's in prayer. So if you want to follow along with me in uh, James 5, 13, what it says is, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let, him, let them pray over him, anointing him with, the oil, with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. There's a couple of things that it's talking about here as well. There's so many different layers. I'm gonna go back to 13 where it says, is anyone among you suffering? Suffering, it's talking about hardship. It's talking about undergoing pain. Um, I have specific things that I think about when I think of hardship, but how about disappointment? It's also talking about that as well. And the answer for that, it's saying to pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. So if you're happy and you're optimistic, you sing songs of worship. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So, uh, so sick, it's talking about as in, uh, you know, weak, without strength, um, poor in spirit. And so this speaks to the idea that, you know, if, if you're not praying, you want to get with people that are praying so that you can be built up. And something else about this is that this is something else that you can't really give to yourself. 
This is something that prayer can give you that you cannot give to yourself. And so it kind of brings me to something that I think about, which is how often do we put prayer first in any situation? What this is saying is that we should put prayer, prayer should be a first choice and not a last resort. And the reason for that is because prayer is the truest and best expression of both sorrow and joy. There's room for both. And so it reflects that, that God wants to be there for us. And so we want, we want to be God-reliant and not self-reliant. And so the reason for that is because when things, when things are going good, and I've done this, I'm guilty of this myself, it's really easy to stop praying. It's really easy to start relating to it like, you know, I've got this, everything's good now, it's fine. The, the, one of the most important reasons why it's important to pray when things are good, it's because it keeps the faith charged. So that when things, if things go bad, you're not taken out by it, but you do better in the circumstances. And so, and I think about it too, which is that, you know, no matter what the circumstance, we should pray whether we're in a good space or in a bad space because it's inviting prayer from God. It's inviting prayer um, from others as well. And so, God, and so God cares deeply about the things in our lives, and he's willing to work to change any dynamics that could be contributing to the problems. You know, change is possible. It's, it's possible with prayer, fellowshipping, from, and, and his word as well. So I think that um, he, he really makes it apparent that, that we're to come to him with our needs in prayer because that's where we experience his fullness. And, and I think about it for myself is that, you know, uh, two years ago I ended up getting fired from a job and it was probably like five months of consistent anxiety, getting up at six, having anxiety attacks, going to work, having that from six to four in the afternoon. And um, part of it, it came down to the wire, which was uh, it was like my last day and I had to make a thousand dollars and if I didn't I was gonna get fired so I had that in my mind the whole day I was like oh my gosh it's like if I if I get fired I'm not gonna have money how am I gonna sustain myself um, you know how am I gonna even I was in the ambassador program I still had 10 hours of sharing faith that I had to do and I was still driving down here so I'm like how is this even gonna happen you know and um, I remember the last day that I was there um, I had a pipeline I was using a program and I was looking at people that I can call so I had $1,000 I had to make, and, uh, and nobody was answering their phones. So here I am, like, it's getting close to 4 o'clock. We were, we were changing buildings that day, so we had to pack up by that time. So I couldn't stay. And then um, after I called everybody and nobody answered, I was like, you know what? Um, I'm like, okay. It's like, this is, uh, this is it. I'm going to, first time I'm ever going to get fired. And so um, I remember that, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm there out on Montgomery Street uh, there in San Francisco and uh, I'm thinking I'm like you know what I, I prayed and um, you know I'm standing there uh, just in the, in the public and I'm thinking you know what um, I'm thinking about how I'm going to make money when I actually have money and how am I going to stay afloat how am I going to feed myself I'm not broke I'm not out on the street I'm going to go home and I still have a roof over my head and so there was this, there was this peace that I had about it, um, you know. And it's like a weight was lifted off of my shoulder. So it just helped me to stay really in the reality of that, you know, that God was really, 
depressing for me. It's like, here's another kicker to this too, is that I had one paycheck to live off of and I lived off of it for five weeks, right? It's counterintuitive. I'm saying, I'm not joking. It's like, it's like, how do you make that happen? It's like, I quite frankly, I don't know, but I just tried it and, and it worked because one of the things that I thought was really key in, in the prayer was that, in praying was that I recognized that there was a, a, the stress of chaos versus really the blessing. So in that, it's that the more that you're making your life about your own desires, in some ways that stuff can spin out of control and it creates stress and it's frustrating. And so, but the flip side of this is that the more that you're pursuing a, a closeness, a, a closer relationship with God, really above all else, the better you're gonna be able to distinguish with what's truly important versus what's merely urgent. And it frees you up from really receiving the blessings that God has for you because the other side of this is that after those five weeks, the current job that I have right now, um, it's, it's a job that I'm quite frankly not qualified for. It's more of an administrative role. I come from a sales background. And um, I went into the interview and my manager is a, is a former actor and he's also a former director. And so when I talked to him about um, the fact that I also am an actor, I'm still pursuing it, he was actually okay with me auditioning in LA whenever I needed to. I can actually go the next day and use it as paid time off. That's prosperity. Things work better. My last job gave me anxiety for five months. I gained weight because of it. You know, but it, I kid you not. And so, but the prayer was the part that was life-giving. So, so the prayer, it, it does prevent us from taking on life head-on. And so, and so it, everything doesn't solely rely on myself. And, and I found this uh, really wonderful quote that I wanted to share with you guys. It's by, um, it's by a gentleman named Andrew Murray because I really thought that at one point I was like, well, I'm not really doing anything by praying. I'm just, uh, I'm just sitting here in silence and making my requests. Here's what Andrew Murray says. Prayer is not a monologue, but dialogue. God's voice is its most essential part. Listening to God's voice is the secret of assurance that he will listen to mine. It's, it's given me a chance, guys, to, I believe it can give anyone a chance to have new beginnings because it's a constant reminder that our help, our support, it's, it's always a prayer away. Because the beautiful truth is that God made it available that we can bring anything to him in the name of Jesus. And, and God wants to bless your life. He's never made that a secret. And so I just want to take it back to what we were talking about in the beginning, which is what areas of your life would you like to prosper? And so just think about what you want to do differently this year. And what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to actually finish this off with, uh, with a little meditation. So if you want... Let's go ahead and we'll close our eyes. And we're just gonna invite God in. 
think about just think about what what is your next step it's okay if you don't see the whole path but what is the next step think about some next steps that you want to take in the new year is it a commitment to prayer commitment to read the word commitment to follow a podcast in your Bible commitment to take notes in your Bible and review them when you get home maybe even the commitment is to start praying with someone or allowing others to pray for you Father God, I just thank you so much for this time. Um, God, you truly are good. Um, I forget sometimes of what it is that you've brought me through, and um, you know, you really, you really do want us to press forward. So help us, help us all to put you first. Help us all to put you first in the areas that matter most to us, um, and help us to feel and experience your fullness in all of these areas, God. Because you say that you're faithful, you'll direct us, and you'll open new doors for us, God. And you've accepted us just as we are. So, Heavenly Father, just um, I lift up all these next steps from for everyone here. Um, help us to just normalize that it does take time, and that fruit doesn't come right away, you know. But it comes in its season. So, God, I just thank you so much. I I love so much of what you've done for my life as well, and um, I pray just to help us all to continue to just feel um, complete in you. And I lift this up in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.